This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. Amen. All right. Thank you guys for your your uh, your faithfulness. And man, I love Wednesday nights. I'm so uh, thankful to be here with you guys. Uh, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. And as you're turning there, just a reminder, we have some small groups that are coming up. And uh, how, how many here are not in a small group yet? Because if you're not in one yet, there's still time. I see some hands that are got that weights on them, the weights. All right. If, if you want one of these menus, we can get you one if you'll just raise your hand. But there's a couple groups that, there's like two groups that uh, still don't have anybody. And we'd love to just get some people in those groups. Brenda Hill's group, uh, Friday at 8 p.m., excuse me, Friday at 7 p.m., and uh, that's in Santa Rosa. Um, man, we would love for Brenda to have a full house, and she's she's probably already baking cookies, like getting the dough ready right now. So, so it's going to be a, a great group. In fact, I think that's the only one. Maybe Stella. I'm not sure if Stella. We we so Stella, and that's going to be in Roner Park. No, that's in Katati, and that's on Tuesday. So uh, consider signing up. And uh, it, it, we've already how many's already been to a group? Pretty amazing, pretty amazing, yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm so excited, my group is, uh, I'll be going uh, on Saturday uh, to be a part of the group I'm in, so I'm excited about that. Before we go, I, I, I forgot, Sam and Karen Knapp, I'm going to make a quick announcement. This summer, there's a missions trip, and uh, we're going to make this available to the church to be able to go. There's, um, I believe, there are... 14 spots available and there is going to be an application in the bulletin this Sunday we're going to give you information how to sign up and send your application and to be a part of this missions trip I want uh, brother Sam to come up real quick and tell you a little bit about uh, where the mission is and what they're going to be doing uh, in July would you welcome Sam and Karen thank you are you are you Excited about missions? You know, we, we need to do mission work. We need to do a work for the kingdom wherever we are and whenever, whenever it is. So our choice is to go down to uh, Mexico among some of the other places this year. Uh, <laughs> and Karen's going to tell you what, we, what we're going to do. And if, if she misses anything... Amen. So, how many are coming with us? <laughs> well, you you can pray for us, okay? Amen. We're we're getting kind of old, and we'd like to have somebody else grab this heart to go out in the mission field, and and come with us. We're just going to make it a really easy jaunt down to Cabo San Lucas. And that's the place where people go to, to vacation and stars and famous people from all over the world. And it's, it's almost like being in Hawaii. But the people that service these fabulous resorts, they live in these horrible barrios and their children go hungry. And so we are friends with the people that have uh, Feeding Los Cabos kids. We'll be ministering with them and, and in churches and with local pastors because they partner with local pastors. 
and one of our very best friends has an orphanage down there and we'll be, vi be visiting the orphanage. You want to fill in the rest of it, Sam? Well, we'll be doing the orphanage. Uh, in fact, we're going to take one day uh, to go to the beach with all those kids. And uh, we've done it several times, and it's, it's a glorious day each time. See those kids' faces light up and come home all excited about what uh, has happened today. But um, we'll be praying for the sick. We will have, uh, in the afternoon, you will be holding the services uh, where we feed the kids uh, and uh, praying and speaking. Uh, to those children. Oh, oh. Thank you. Ju <laughs> July. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> okay, we're going to leave on July 25th. That's a Monday. Monday. And return on Sunday, July 31st. Now, the cost will only be, we're estimating right now, but probably between six and $700 for the whole week, including airfare. So. Cost that we can narrow down, because we don't know what the airfare will be, is $25 a day, which includes all the transportation, the lodging, and the food. Everything but, but toys. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So there's only 14 spots, and and we would love for you to be a part of that. We want you to fill out the application. We'll give you all the information in the bulletin on Sunday. So here's what happens is most people don't read the bulletin. But you came tonight, so you know it's in there. You have the key now to be the ones to fill out the application first. Come on. Wednesday night crowd. That's pretty awesome. Thank you, guys. We love you. You guys are amazing. Genesis chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Genesis chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Adam knew his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. Verse 2, she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil in the course of time came brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord and Abel also brought an offering fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor so Cain was very angry and his face was downcast then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not what is right, sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. It means that word crouching is like, like uh, an animal that's about to pounce, that's ready to, to take its prey. And you have to rule over it, or it, sin, will rule over you. Verse 8, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? 
I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be restless wanderer on the earth. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Let's just bow our heads really quick. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you to give us insight, wisdom, revelation according to your will. We thank you for your word. Your word be lifted up. Your word be magnified. Your name be magnified here tonight. We're going to give you all the honor and all of the praise. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. All right. God bless you. Uh, there are two questions that God asked in Genesis chapter uh, 3 and Genesis chapter 4. The first question that God asked when, when Adam and Eve sinned was, where art thou? Where, where are you, Adam? Adam didn't show up to the appointment. Adam didn't show up to, to God and Adam's regularly scheduled appointment in the cool of the day, the early morning, the, the time right before the sun comes up because all night the heat is escaping and right before the sun comes up is what we call the cool or the coolest part of the day. And that is, that is when God would meet with Adam, that's when God would talk with Adam, that's when God would pour out his wisdom to Adam because God is not a reactor, he is one that is proactive and so he was going to meet with Adam every single day, chart out the course, get the plan, talk about the mercies, talk about the goodness, talk about the relationship at the beginning of the day. And when Adam and Eve sinned, when they disobeyed God, God comes for their daily meeting, and Adam and Eve, neither one of them are there, and God asks the first question, where are you? You are not where you're supposed to be. Now, the second question is like the, the first question, and this is what God asks. He says, where is your brother? Where is your brother? Because I hear his blood crying from the ground. His blood has hit the ground, and now his blood is crying up into heaven. Where is your brother? Two interesting questions, two most important questions. Where are you, and where is your brother? Or let me say it like this. How are you, and how is your brother? How are you, how are you doing, how are you? If you were to ask that question, most of us tonight would just answer that. We'd give a canned answer, wouldn't we? Praise the Lord, brother. Doing good. Hallelujah, amen. Praise God. How are you? Doing good. Praise God. Doing great. And a lot of times we lie, and a lot of times we, 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 we put on the face. A lot of times we put on the facade because just e it's easier to deny the truth that sometimes we're not where we're supposed to be. And directly, that affects our relationships, and we end up hearing the next question, how's your brother? How's your relationships? How are you doing? Peace with God, peace with man, peace with yourself. Peace with God, peace with man, peace with yourself. And you will never find those three pieces outside of God. You will never find peace with yourself and peace with others unless you have peace with God, ever. You, you'll, you'll, be like, you'll be like a wonderer. 
You'll be restless just like Cain was. He was a man who had no, he had no destination. He was just wandering. He was just going to and fro. He had no destination. He had no purpose. He was now a wonderer. Wonder. One, one version says a vagabond, just wandering through the land, and he had no purpose. How are you, and how is your relationship with others? How are you, and how are your relationships with others? Everything boils down to that. Even if you get to the Shema, the most powerful, most important scripture in the Bible, according to the, our, our rabbinical brothers and according to Jesus when asked, what is the most important commandment? And it wasn't a thou shalt or thou shalt not. It was you need love. It's love. It's relationship. Love God. Love others. Love yourself. Peace with God, peace with others, peace with yourself. And he says, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. you got to have peace with God so you can have peace with others and you can have peace with them. It all boils down to that. And when you're walking with God, you're going to have peace with God, you're going to have peace with others, and you're going to have peace from within. And if you don't have peace from within, you may not have peace with God. And if you don't have peace with others, you may not have peace with God. He said, how can you say you love God if you don't love your brother? How can you love God who you've never seen if you don't love your brother who you have seen? So peace with with God, peace with others, and peace with yourself. Say it with me. Peace with God. Amen. Peace with others. Peace with myself. Amen. Is that all right? Okay. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So we have this crazy, bizarre story. Has anybody ever read this story and you just went, I don't get it? It, it's, it just doesn't make sense. Maybe all of you guys are like just theologians. You get it right away. I mean, I've read this and I go, God, that's not fair. That doesn't make sense. Brother Cain, he was, he was doing like what he could with what he had. And, and, and why'd, you, why'd you come down on him like that? Why'd you come down from heaven, uh, oh, oh, heavenly father? And why did you deal with brother Cain like you did? Because, man, he, that's what he does. He's a gardener. The guy is a gardener. He, he works in the orchards. He works in the vineyards. He, he's a gardener. He's got a green thumb. Like, that's what he does. And so he brings his fruits and his vegetables, and he puts them on the altar, and boom. I'm like, okay, God, this is a good offering because that's what he does. He's a gardener. He works in the orchards. He works in the vineyards. This is what I expect Cain to do. This is what you expect Cain to do, right? We read it and we go, what's wrong with that? And of course, Abel, he, he, he work, he's a shepherd. He, he's, a, he's a herder. He, he, he has cattle. He, 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 he's a rancher. And so, of course, it makes sense that he would bring something that he produced out of his out of his toil out of his work and it's like this makes sense you bring something like like a lamb something that will that that, that will die and then and then and then Cain will bring something that that like fruit and vegetables and and, and and maybe like kale and quinoa and all the weird new vegetables that we didn't know about 10 years ago like just put those on the altar and just burn those and and give us give us potatoes and turn it into french fries we'll eat that and you Put all the green stuff on. Just put it on there, and, and, and we'll put that and sacrifice that to God. That makes sense. That makes sense because it just makes sense that you give what you got, and I give what I got, and it just like that makes sense. In our human nature, we read the story, and if you read it and read it a couple times, you're trying to make it make sense, 
And where people stumble, the first thing is they don't realize that, that God comes down and doesn't rebuke Cain and cast him out and judge him for his offering, but he warns him about his offering. He warns him and says, if you keep doing it this way, Cain, sin lies at the door. You are actually opening the door to sin with your sacrifice. Whoa. Wow. You're, you're telling me that this stuff I'm doing for you, this stuff I'm doing in your name, this stuff I'm putting on your altar is setting me up for a fall? God's like, absolutely. Because what we were trained to believe, you and I, is it's better to do something than to do nothing. Right? We were taught that. We, we've always thought, man, if I'm doing something, something's better than nothing, right? Haven't you thought that? Like, like I would rather do something than nothing. And again, that makes like a lot of sense. And you're probably going, where is this crazy preacher going with the flannel shirt on in spring? Yes, that is me. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough life. That's another story, okay? You don't know what it's like to walk in my shoes, but that's another story for another day. So, so we've, we've got two altars. We've got two sac sacrifices, and we have two responses from God. And we have to wrap our minds around this simple fact. Number one, God did not judge Cain and curse him because of his offering, but warned him your offering will lead you to sin. What's wrong with Cain's offering? What's wrong with Cain's offering? Like, look, if, if, you, if, you, are, if you make pottery... And you go and you're like, I've been making pottery all day. And you go to God, here's my pottery, God. I'm giving it to you. I'm thinking, you're thinking, God wants pottery. Because that's what I do. That's what I have. That's what I am. I make pottery. I'm a pottering-making potterer. Is that what it would be? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a potterer. -er. And so I'm going to put pottery... On the altar. And God's going to be happy. God's going to be excited about the pottery. And, and, and no, I make shoes. I design shoes. I'm putting shoes on there. No, I, I build houses, so I'm going to burn a house. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to do something. I'm, I'm going to do something like, and, and, and so in our minds, it just, it just makes sense. Like, we're going we're gonna to give. We're going to give. And, and the problem is, is that Cain gave not based on the precedent. Two things. Number one, based on the conversation that God had with Cain, it let us know, number one, Cain knew better. Cain knew what God wanted. God's coming down pleading with Cain, why are you doing it this way? You know better. And see, if you, just look at the, if you just look at the story on the surface, you're going to go, it doesn't make sense. This is not right. 
Cain's been slighted by God, but when you dig a little bit deeper, the tone and the essence and the fragrance of God's language, he's like, Cain, you know better. You know what is expected. You know that this thing requires blood. You know that about seven verses back, I killed an innocent animal and gave your parents coverings. I set the precedent. Cain knew what was required, but here's what Cain did. Cain decided, I will worship God my way. I will worship God the way that is convenient to me. I will do it the way that works best, fits into my world. So I'll do it my way. I'll worship God my way. I'll I'll, I'll do it my way. Now, again, on the surface in our humanity, it's like, well, come on. That's easy. Like, why not, God? Why not do it that way? Because everything that is done from the point of Adam and Eve's fall till Calvary is a type of Christ. Everything has to point to Jesus. And God says there has to be a sacrifice. Something has to die. There has to be a sacrifice. But let's just put that to the side. Maybe, maybe, maybe theologically he didn't understand all the whys, the implications, the Messiah to come. Maybe he doesn't understand that. But he knows the instruction. He knows what's expected. And what he tries to do is he tries to do a bait and switch. He tries to say, you know what? This is what's been asked. This is what, this is what God requires. But I'm going to put something. It may be just a little bit less. I mean, it's still kind of living its fruit it grows it's alive in photosynthesis and life and nutrients it's good it's maybe not good enough but I'm just going to give something and this is the essence of religion the religion of Cain is the essence of religion saying I want to do what satisfies me I want to do what makes me feel good about me instead of doing what honors God doing what he has asked, doing what he has required. What has God required of my life? Because every one of us, we are prone to the religion of Cain that says, I'll take that. There's an altar. There's some fire. There's some protocol. There's some some tempo to this. But I'm just going to switch this out. I'm just going to change this little part. I don't want the whole thing. I don't want to be one of those crazy, what would Jesus do people? I don't want to go all in. Let me bend this and shape it to work within my life's desires. And that's the religion of Cain. In essence, that is the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion says that I'm going to do something And what I do is going to require God to like it. I do this. And I'm going to, you have to like it because everyone who hears the story is going to know I did something. I'm doing stuff. Because there's a lot of other people not doing anything. And religion never, ever saved anybody. There has to be a point in contact with something that was alive and something that was innocent that died for me. 
And God is showing us that all the religious trinkets and all the things that could seem good and seem right and, 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 and be noble. And man, the, 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 these guys, they, they carry weights up a mountain and go and stop and meditate and come back down the mountain and come back up looking for some inspiration. And we go, that's, 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 that's more than I've done. And, and we look at it and we go, man, people, there's a lot of people doing a lot of cool things, putting a lot of cool, interesting, amazing things on the altar. But at the end of the day, there's only one thing that gets heaven's attention, and that is the death of an innocent life, a lamb that was slain. And what gets heaven's attention is a cross called Calvary and a, and a Messiah named Jesus. And this is the only thing, this is the only thing that can take away sin and make and put you in right standing. It was never what you did. It was what you stepped into. It's what you allowed God to do through you accepting the sacrifice of the innocent lamb that was slain on heaven's altar. Let me just tell you this, that when you start going down the road, and again, we're all prone to it, when you start going down the road of looking at what you've done and putting your religious trinkets on and you, putting, you, 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 you stepping into the old notion of I'm doing it this way, Something is better than nothing. That's where we trip up. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, it's a very hefty, heavy kind of verse. And it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's tough to handle. It's tough to chew. And, and, and it's because God says this. God says, whenever you go out to your flocks and you choose a lamb or you choose the beast to bring to me. He says, I don't want you to go out there and get the one that's got all the mess ups that's got that was tripped up in barbed wire that's got a broken leg that one of its ears is like plunked down cross-eyed buck tooth i don't want that one and and it's our human nature to go well that's the one i'm going to i want to give that one because it's going to die and i'd rather keep the fat pretty plump one for thanksgiving dinner right like Christmas is coming. Like we're, let's save that one for us. And God says, no, no, the attitude here is I expect the best. I anoint the best. I want to anoint it. I want to bless it. But, but you, you, don't, you can't find that by just giving something. You got to give what I've asked you to give. And that's why the book of Romans, it says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Like God wants all of you. He wants your best. You know when Christianity becomes radical and amazing and fun and spectacular is when you give it all. When you hold back, when you, when you do it your way and you, 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 you kind of twist God's arm and you say, well, I'm going to do this, but I don't want to do that. I'll, I'll do the worship thing, but I don't want to do the pray thing. I, you know, there was a prophecy that went out at, at the revival of Azusa Street. And this is what the prophecy said. At Azusa, this is a hundred years, over a hundred years ago, during the revival at Azusa Street, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost falling down in SoCal. This is a prophecy that went out. In the future, there will be a church. There will be a people who will worship a God they do not pray to. 
They will worship a God. They will enjoy the worship, but they will have no relationship with him. They will enjoy the songs and the singing, but they will not know how to touch heaven. And here's all I'm saying is, 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 is as we walk this walk, and I'm talking to Wednesday night here. I'm talking, I'm talking to like you came on a Wednesday night. You went above and beyond. You came here so, so you can handle this. Is like, this is like, like New York steak. I'm cutting a piece off. I'm just saying, saying here we, we got to go a little bit deeper, and we've just got to say, you know what? I'm going to go all in because God honors the all in. We want to go all in, and when you go all in, some it's it begins to work it begins to happen it begins to make sense when you go all in but when you do it your way and it's on your terms it just never quite works the same way he says as long as you keep doing it that way really you're, this is all self-serving and as long as it's self-serving sin is crouching it's ready to pounce it's at the door because what you found was religion and not relationship. What you found was something that served you instead of you serving him. And this is the simple precedent we find in Genesis 4. This is like right post, this is post Adam and Eve sinning. This is like the very nature, the, the amplified nature of humanity to fall into one of two of these categories. It's amazing to me that Cain was willing to slay his brother but wasn't willing to slay a lamb. Because in, what ends up happening is you do end up sacrificing. You know, people who live for the world, they end up paying more than what you would pay for if you were living for God. It's so funny. I don't want to live for God. Be tied down, da-da-da-da. And then they go into the world and they live in the world sacrificing more in the world, living for the world, bound by the world. I don't want someone to tell me what to do. Now you're living a certain way, acting a certain way. Have to dress a certain way to fit in. with, the, and, and, and you don't want to be controlled in the church. You don't even realize you're being controlled in the world. And it's amazing what we won't give for God and we will give the world. He took him out into the field, and the field always represents the world. Took him out into the world. Took him out into the, in the world. Will sacrifice the most precious things to us: family, friends, relationships, our relationship with God. We'll sacrifice it all out in the world, and we weren't willing to give it all in His presence. This is just a call. It's a simple lesson. It's a call just to say, go all in. Like, go all in. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know until you put that sacrifice on the altar and light it up and say, God, here's my best. I made a decision a long time ago. I said, God, I don't, I, I don't, and this, I'm being frank, I don't like praying because I'm ADD. But I'm going to pray and I may not pray for five hours, but I'm going to pray, pray for 40 minutes, but I'm going to pray like a ninja. I'm going to pray with all my heart, and I'm going to pray with everything within me. And it may be 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, it may be 28 and a half minutes. Who's counting? Don't judge. 
but whatever I give, I'm going to give my best. When I preach, I'm going to preach with my very best because you deserve it. Everything I do, I want to give my best because I could always slip in something. I could always say, nah, just give something else. But I'm telling you when, you, when you give your best, God goes, I can bless that. I can anoint that. I can, I can multiply that. Because God responds to sacrifice. In fact, I'm, I'm closing with this real simple thought. Everything major that happened in the Bible, every major move of God always was preceded, precipitated by sacrifice. Every time. Every time in the Bible you, you see the day of Pentecost precipitated by the cross. You see the, you see the breaking of Israel. You see the, 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 the sacrifice in the mount. You see Elijah. You see, you see these moves of God. You see Noah. You see the people that died, and you see the new earth. And it's, oh, The precedent is unprecedented. It's all through the Scripture over and over. You see the children of Israel coming out of Exodus. There was the death of a lamb. Each home had to take a sacrifice. They had to sacrifice a lamb, and so God could move them. There was always a sacrifice. Even before God created the earth, before God created in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, the Bible says that from the foundation of the earth, the lamb was slain. Now, was, did Jesus die before the earth was made? No. What it means is in the mind of God, God saw Calvary, and it caused him to move and begin to create. It was actually Calvary that caused God to say, let's do this. Sacrifice always precedes. A great move of God. So the question tonight is simple. What's on your altar? What's on your altar? Your best? Your all? Or something convenient? Something easy? I want to give my best. I want to give my all. And I'm just going to put a little cliff note here. Your don't think you're all in units of time. Well, kids, I can't cook you dinner. Pastor said I got to give it all. <laughs> Going on a journey, taking one blanket. The Bible says whatever you, your hands find to do, when you serve your family, Give it your best. Do it unto the Lord. When you serve in the kingdom, serve with your best. Serve with your whole heart. You sing, sing with your best. Preach, preach with your best. If you, if you put stamps on letters, do it with all your heart. Answer phone, whatever it is, do it with all your heart. Wherever you work, do it unto the Lord. You work at the post office, do it under the Lord. You work at Best Buy, do it under the Lord. You, you, wherever, you, wherever you work, wherever, whatever you do, do it under the Lord. Give your best. Honor God. And we look at our altar and we say, Lord, this belongs to you. Would you stand? So, every one of us here have a proclivity a propensity to do it our way. Every one of us, every one of us here. 
I want to encourage you. I want to admonish you. Give your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to do it your way. I don't want to subtract from what you're asking because I don't want to subtract from what you're wanting to give me. I want to receive all your blessings. Would you lift your hands? Would you lift your hearts with me? Lord, in this house, there are more than just believers. The Bible says that we are priests, the priesthood of the believer. God, you've given your church strength, you've given your church authority. You've anointed your church, Lord, to be salt and to be light. God, you've called us to give a beautiful sacrifice that the world will see as we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, that the praises will go forth, that the world will see that there will be a cry, that there will be a fragrance that goes up and it will bring a move of God. It will change the environment. It will shift things in our lives. I don't want the religion of Cain. I don't want to do it my way. I don't want to do what's just convenient for me. I don't want to sell myself the lie that says, as long as I'm just doing something. But Lord, I want to know you. I want to find you in that secret place. I want to find you inside the altar, Lord. That's where you are. Lord, you're attracted to sacrifice. You're attracted to our hearts. You're attracted, Lord, to us giving it all to you. Because you're worthy of it. So Lord, I give you honor and I give you praise. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the mission trip this summer. I thank you for the youth camp this summer. I thank you for all the small groups that are happening this semester. I thank you for the building project and the remodel that's starting this summer. I thank you, Lord. Let us give our best. Let us do it unto you with a grateful heart, with a right spirit, Lord. Let us do it unto you. Let us serve our families unto you. Let us serve our spouse unto you. Let us serve our community and our church family unto you, God. Our worship, let it not be for others, but let it be unto you. Let our prayers be unto you. We want to give our best. We want to give our best in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if we can just give the Lord a big hand clap tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I worship and honor you, God. I worship you. I worship you. Come on, let's just lift our voice for a moment. I worship you, Lord. You're worthy in this place. You're holy in this place. Lord, you're calling us. Zion is calling us to a higher place of praise. To a higher place of praise. We honor you. We worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. Would you turn and shake hands with at least three or four people and let them know you are so glad to see them in God's house tonight. For more information about who we are, we invite you to go to thepromisecenter.com. God bless you.